I just want to welcome everybody to another episode of Encounters with God. We have a very special guest today. She's actually from Ukraine. I want to welcome to the program uh, Vika. And Vika, tell me if I'm wrong. You pronounce your name. Is it Kothachok? It is. It is Kothachok. Oh, look at that. Man, I'm going to give myself a star for that Kothachok. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Well, Vika, in the beginning, just kind of tell me, uh, what was a normal day like in Ukraine before the war broke out for you? I was full in the church. My dad is a preacher in the church. He's the pastor. So oh. I was like working in a church. I was serving whole days. So usually my day starts with my school and I was in the school. And after school, I went to church to serve people. And it was like that for like a good couple of years and nothing changes. So I was serving God a lot. Wow, your dad was a pastor. I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, praise God. Uh, so things changed really in a moment of time for you. You went from uh, having, I guess, quote, normal life. Uh, everything's going along. Your dad's a pastor. You're uh, helping out in the church, having a normal uh, uh, teenage lifestyle. And then uh, the war broke out in Ukraine. Uh, tell us in the beginning, what were your thoughts and experiences with that? and how that changed your life? You know, uh, before the war, it was a lot of like news that we need to get ready to like do some preparation to the war. And we all was like, no, it's not gonna happen. And you're, not, you're never ready to face the war. Even if somebody will tell you how it looks like, how it feels like, you're never ready. And I feel like, during the war now, I started to love my family more, to love my life more, to trust God more, because the story that I will tell you is like full of God's glory. It's full of God's hand, and there is nothing but God. So my life, I would say, it gets easier because now I trust God in a full way. In a way that like we can read in a Bible when you when he said go and you go without questions. If I read correctly your story, your mom came when the bomb started dropping around y'all and y'all y'all hid in the basement. And tell, tell me a little bit about what that was like. I, I know there was kind of a build up and I would see it on the news here in the U.S. that, you know, maybe there's war, maybe there's not war, but then bam, it happened. So what was y'all's uh, reaction and, and that sort of situation? Um, I woke up because my mom runs to my room and she said, Vika, the war is started. And I didn't hear like any bombing at this time. But when I started to like pick my things, like to take my blanket to the basement, I heard like six or seven, like really huge bombing. And it was, it was the moment when everything stops. When you just stand in like wondering what's going on, is what is that? So um, fortunately, we have a basement, which is like kind of shelter. Grab a lot of water in uh, down, downstairs. We grab a lot of food. We had a lot of like conservation. So like we had a lot of food already there. So we prepared this place for living for a good like months or so. So we went down and uh, we was there for like a day. And you like, because the windows is supposed to be closed, 
and the windows was like completely closed with like a lot of things. So if the bomb will, I don't know, if something will happen, nothing will come in, into the house. Mm -hmm. So in the basement, there is completely dark. You cannot see like even like a feet before you. I was just sleeping and it's the moment when you wake up every second because you don't know what's going on. Is that like some bird just like screaming or is it like some bomb falls here or is it like some Russian military? There was not that much news as well because when Russia started to bomb Ukraine, there was a problem with connections and not that much channels agreed to like share the news. So we didn't know what's going on as well, like first couple of days. And then after two days, uh, my dad's boss <laughs> said that we need to go because my dad, he's a, he's a bishop and he's responsible for a couple region in Ukraine, for a couple churches there. Mm -hmm. so, as we know from the experience from Donbass and like from East Ukraine, um, when Russia started to bomb Donetsk and Luhansk, they started to send killers to Christian churches, to Christian pastors. So we was afraid of like being killed. Uh, they know the influence that my dad and like other preacher had. So you you were in your basement for a period of time, and then when y'all moved outward, y'all took some supplies with you, took some monies with you, and then. Tell us a little bit about that, how you left the basement and left your house, the safety of your house. So there was a huge bombing time, like around 3 to 4 a.m. in the morning. And we was just in the home. We wasn't moving anywhere. But in that time, Russia didn't bomb in the daytime because you can obviously see that bombing's going on. So we decided to go to... My mother, my mother, motherland, it's a city called Lutsk. And because our family had the house there, so we asked them if we can come to their house to live there. And we started to pack our things. And everybody of us thought, huh, it will be like a week or two and we'll come back home. So all we took is a couple pair of shoes, like, one pair of shoes, couple like t-shirts and like some, some small things just for living for like a week or two, but not more. We went and uh, we packed all of our things. We also had a dog, so we packed all his things. Um, we have a brother and he get married and they have a kid. So they also packed their things. So we had like whole family in our like two cars. And we decided to move. We started going from Kiev and we saw a huge traffic. The traffic that didn't move at all, which like stand for 40 minutes and then you go for like 10 feet and they're still standing on the same place. So in that time, there was no regulation how like somebody drive or not. So we was like driving by other side of the road. Everybody was kind of fleeing the city. The city, like after, after like a week, there was no cars, there was no people. It was like 
just huge nothing. So we went to Lutsk and then I read the news and there was a bridge, which is like the main road where like everybody goes when they want to go to West train. And the hour after we crossed this bridge, the Russian military started to bomb it. Wow. And on the road, where it's like two hours away from this bridge, and we was like on the road, and then we crossed this road. And in the two hours, the Russian military stand there and start to shoot the cars. And I was like, God, you just saved our lives like twice. And it's like, there's a testimony for us because there was a lot of people who were killed in that time mm-hmm. and we one who got saved your your mom if i believe right saw a, a flyer advertising coming to study in the in the u.s at east texas baptist university in marshall texas is that right yeah that's right that's was something and then if i remember right the first one you you really didn't want to leave and then she because saw one. She there saw is no one. way I'll be able to go to this college. There is some mm-hmm. talented people than me that mm-hmm. go there. Uh, when you you relented to your mother and said, I, "Okay, I'll I'll uh, start moving the ball forward on this East Texas Baptist University uh, a flyer that, that you saw," uh, what what transpired after that? Yeah. So I called my uncle. He lives in Chicago. I I actually have uncles and one uncle live in Chicago. So I and I said, what should I do? I have no idea how to apply. And they said, just try to do the application and then they'll like say what to do. So I did an application and I realized that if I want to go to any college in US, like abroad, I need to to do a test, English test. Mm-hmm. For given understanding that I am I know this language so I did the exam I passed the exam I start I went to to yes to do my visa and we realized that this is a student visa you're trying to get a student visa now you pass the test yeah yeah and I was here five years ago uh, my uncle asked me to go there I realized that like if my uncle wouldn't ask me five years ago to come here, I wouldn't have any visa to come here. Changing status takes like a year. So without that, I will go to Canada because I have uncles there as well. And we started processing our Canada visa and I started to do it. And the two weeks before the study starts, I got my Canada visa. And I said to my uncle, this week I will go to Canada or they will, ch- they will change my status. There is no way I will not get the visa. And the next day I got my visa. I went to Canada and we started to do application. And uh, the closest appointment to U.S. consult was a year. It's a long time. It is a long time. And I'm like, there is no way we can make it. We feel like ask somebody, what can we do? We called the officer, asked for like changing the date, and he did. He changed the date like in two days. So the Thursday before my study starts, I went to U.S. Council to ask for a visa. We did, like there was an interview, there was like everything was so smooth, so well, there was no problems. And the officer said, okay, 
there's your uh, paper that say that you got your visa. There is some protest that you can read here. And I said, my study starts this Monday and this is Thursday. <laughs> is there any possible way that we can make it like weaker? And he was like, well, let me see. So he put it something on my passport and the next day, Friday, I've got my visa. Hmm. It, they usually takes like two weeks, at least two weeks. God made it in one day. Mm -hmm. So I've got my visa the same day I went to Chicago. We bought a lot of things for my college dorm. And I went here and I was here the day before study started. One day, yeah. God has perfect timing, doesn't he? He is, yeah. <laughs> There's it, like just human can make it, you know. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture, God says, I'll prepare a way where there is no way. Yeah. And it sounds like he certainly where did There that. was no way. <laughs> what were your emotions and feelings when you left your family behind? You know, I'm so glad that God showed me what my family actually means to me. Mm. I call them almost every day, and I have beautiful family in Chicago. I'm so glad that I have them. My mom's side and my dad's side family, they're like so awesome. And you know, even here in like in Texas, when all my family in Chicago and Ukraine, I feel like home because there's a lot of people who like really takes care of me. There is no reason to take care about like some girl from Ukraine, which like you don't know and see the first time. <laughs> but a lot of people really take care of me. Like my advisor always takes me to her church so I can visit the church. Uh, and like my teachers always ask me if I understand everything. If I didn't understand, they let me to record the lessons. They let me to ask like thousand questions mm -hmm. and always help me. So even here, I feel like God's take care of me. And I do feel like sad about my family because I really love them, but I know that God put me here for some reason, and I know that this is his plan. So how do you uh, contact your family in Ukraine? I know you have your family here in Chicago and so forth in Canada. Yeah, so now due to Russian bombing uh, and Russia bombed the electricity buildings, no electricity means no gas, no water, no light, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it is winter. So it is means it's cold. So they can have like two hours of electricity and 22 hours of no electricity. My uncles, they took care of my parents and they bought the generator for my family. Mm. So now we have, they do have electricity, but only to charge their phones or like to turn on something like some kind of lights. And so, yeah. Um, so when they have lights, I usually call them just like by iMessage or something like that, just like in any way. I often call my um, mom by video, like either we have the uh, social media called Telegram. We text it a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure they're glad that you're uh, safe here in East Texas. My, when I told my mom how people take care of me, she was crying because she was mm -hmm. like, I was praying to God so he would take care of you. And he, like, she, she's like, I prayed yesterday and today you tell me how they take care of you. 
you know, I, I actually graduated from ATB. It was called ATB, East Texas Baptist College back in my day. So I, I know all about the environment there, the love they have for the Lord, and just a real, uh, it's a real close community. Are you, what, what are you studying? I study marketing and communication because I used to work as a social media manager in Ukraine. Okay. I like this field and I believe that God can help me to uh, show the, his light, his light, his uh, gospel to you to my work. Yeah, I think that's so, that's so needed. I, I've heard the phrase uh, digital missionaries that with the internet now and um, with podcast and uh, what you can do on social media, you can spread the gospel around, you know, right there in the convenience of your dorm room or, yeah. you know, in, in a, in a house or wherever you're at in the world, you can tell people about Jesus. How can our listeners uh, uh, pray for you or support you or Ukraine? Or what, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that as the war is continued on? For me, the biggest thing is like to talk. When we will not forget about what's going on in Ukraine, how like Russia bombed the cities, how Russia bombed the places where like a lot of children, a lot of people dies. And like, this is something that we should not forget about it. Because if we will forget about it, it will goes and goes and goes. And like people will die. It's not only Ukrainian people dying, but Russian military, Russian people just dying because Russia spent money on Ukraine, but not about, they didn't care about like their uh, citizens. So the war is the place where there is, you can't be quiet, you need to talk. And for me, the biggest help for Ukrainians will be when you talk about it. Because we will not we will not be able to like give all the money because sometimes you really need this money, and like, but you can always talk and like and say to pray about the Ukraine because God also take care of us and there is thousands testimony about how God provide uh, shelters for people. He provide Bibles for people who are, are in his zone and like. There's lots of stories when God takes care. So I believe that we should pray about um, God's providing everything that Ukraine need. And if you can have more, you can send some money to Ukraine. There is a lot of uh, organizations that help Ukraine now. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. In the beginning, it was kind of headline news, you know, 24-7, but as it's waged I think it was February 22, almost a year later, it's kind of fallen off the news. Uh, people are still dying and still in need there. We'll put some information in the description box about Ukraine and places where maybe they can give and help if they want to do that. And certainly we would encourage everybody to pray for Ukraine. Uh, any parting words you want to give us about your experience up to now? There is only one word that I have in my heart for like this whole time. God will provide and God will take care. Because the whole of my story is just to provide. Providing by other people, by God, by some situation that like could never happen. So I believe that God takes care of everybody who trusts him. 
Yeah, that's good. I think of Jesus' words, you know, when he's talking, people are saying, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? And we clothed you and we fed you. And uh, when we do it to the least of these, we do it to Christ. So that's the powerful words there. Let me ask you another question. Um, I suppose that when you arrived at... uh, East Texas Baptist University, you had no idea that there was going to be another young lady by the name of Sophia from Ukraine there, did you? Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't know until the moment when my advisor told me, oh, actually, there is one more Ukrainian girl. We we became friends in like in the first two weeks, we became the besties, how it goes here. Well, that is so cool how... God orchestrated that as well, that he not only brought you yeah. to ETBU, but he also brought Sophia. We had some really, like, diff- we have really different stories. But we're in one place, and I'm like, I really thank God that, like, Sophia is here. Because if she wouldn't be here in the first two months, I would be, like, homesick. Because she always asked me, hey, Nika, let's go there. Let's go here. Let's go everywhere and we was just like everywhere we was doing a lot of stuff so like because she was like taking me everywhere I get to know a lot of people which like I am good friends with now and she was such a blessing for me because it it was a hard time I didn't know what to do there is another language it's like it's hard for, for even brain and for like mental health that like everything around you is not on your language. So I was always like, uh, at the 9 p.m., I was just like flying to my dorm to like just go sleep because I couldn't stand any English anymore. And if Mm -hmm. my roommates would talk with me, I would say like, guys, I forgot English. I don't know how to talk. (laughs) This is a big blessing for me in this time. And still, she's a big blessing for me now because we have like a good fellowship together and it's all, we always have a good time together. Well, I just want to thank you, Vika. This has been such a pleasure. I'm so glad to share my story and I hope it will help people to understand who's real God is. Is there anything I can do for you right now? Just share the story. Share the story. We're going to, we're going to do that. Yeah. And this is like, the biggest thing you can make for me. You can also pray for me because I believe that prayer is like the biggest weapon that we can have in like any time in any way. So for me, like the best encouragement and when people said I pray for you because it means for me a lot. You know, it's much better than like give money or like say something. Just like mm-hmm. give the opportunity to God mm-hmm. to to bless me and my family this is the biggest thing for me I never knew how good God is you know I'm in church for like I was in the church for whole my life but I get to know my God my real God only mm-hmm. like when I'm 6,000 miles away from my home from my <clears throat> church and it's like it is powerful for me Thank you.